It was horrific. It was torture. It was humiliation. And it was execution. He suffered. And not just for us, but in front of us, for his followers and for his enemies to see. And what had he done? He loved, he taught, he healed people, he befriended outcasts, he befriended sinners, he befriended the people that you don't want to associate with. He told the truth, he told the truth about God, the truth about the Bible, the truth about himself, and they, we didn't believe it. They, we were afraid. They said it was blasphemy, but really they, we just wanted to keep the things the way they were. Because his teaching, his healing, his befriending, his truth-telling, it had the potential to change everything. He had the potential to start a revolution like no one had ever seen before. One where poor people win. One where the lowly have value. One where tax collectors aren't the enemy. One where the people in power, those people, no wait, us, don't have the power anymore. One where things like wealth don't matter that much anymore. And so they, we, killed him. We tried to destroy him. But you see, this is what we do to perfect goodness. This is how we treat truth. This is what we do to light shining in our world. This is the kind of world that we've got. One that when God walks among us, our response is to beat him and kill him. Jesus hanging on the cross as an indictment against our world, against us. Seeing the king of all creation, the glorious one, the holy one. God Almighty hanging on the cross, seeing Jesus, the one who loved, healed, encouraged, stood up for the lowly, seeing him hanging on an instrument of death, seeing him there, tells us that there is something terribly wrong with us. Why would we put him there? Because it wasn't as though it was just his enemies that did it. It, it wasn't just the Romans, or just the religious authorities. It was even his closest friends. Judas betrayed him. And Peter denied that he even knew him. They let it happen. There's something radically wrong with us. The cross reveals the ugliness, the sinfulness of our world and our lives. It was God who hung there. You see, that is what we human beings do to God. And not just 2,000 years ago, but every time we sin. Every time we deny him. Every time we ignore the lowly. Because Jesus said we would meet him there. Every time we put ourselves above others. Because Jesus told us to put others before ourselves. And also, even every time we put ourselves down, 
thinking that we are worthless because God has told us that we are made in his image. The cross reveals our sin because in the end, sin is not just, it's not just rebellion against God, although it is that, it's our distorted response to God and to God's good activity and intention in the world. Sin is, in the end, our distortion of the image of God. And most of the time, we make God into an image that we want, or we make something else into God, like ourselves, or our careers, or our money, or even good things like our families. But none of those things can stand in God's place as much as we try to put them there. See, our response to God is usually anything but letting him be God. When Jesus came, the response was certainly not to let him be God. They, we, didn't want to give up that kind of control that we had. Sometimes our sin is pride, and sometimes it's not pride, thinking too much of ourselves. Sometimes it's thinking too little. God made us in his image. How can we think so little of ourselves? The fact that we were made in God's image tells us, if you want to know what God looks like, then look at each other. Look at human beings. There is such goodness there. But do we ever distort it? That's what sin is. It's not our inherent nature, it's our distorted nature. I think we distort it because we don't let God be God. We don't want to let God judge us or correct us. And at the same time, we also have such trouble letting God love us. Not only does the cross show us the terror of human sin, our idolatry, our distortion of God and God's purposes, it does all of that, but it was also the moment when God forgave us for all of it. What did Jesus do to deserve the cross? Nothing. Nothing. He's without sin. He shouldn't have been there. When we hold up the human race to the light of Christ and see what a mess we've made of ourselves, shouldn't we instead be the ones hanging there. But Jesus went there. At the same time as showing us our sin, the cross was the moment when Jesus took our place and bore the weight, the consequences, the penalty for our sin. Jesus on the cross shows us what our inclination is when confronted with who God really is. Our inclination is to reject that. But Jesus on the cross also provides us with a new opportunity because in that moment, God was reconciling us to himself. We can't save ourselves. But Jesus on the cross can save us. And he did. You see, God created us in his image and we've wrecked that quite well. But God's purpose is to renew it, to rebuild it, to save that image. And it's, it's not just to save my relationship with God as an individual, just me and God, or just you and God, but anyone's, and in the end, everything to put 
everything right the way God intends it, to reconcile even creation as God's intention. And it begins with getting right with God, with tearing down the barrier of sin and evil and destruction that we have put up between us and God. That's where it begins. We're, we're just a sign when we're in Christ and, and we get that union with God and have that sin barrier taken down. We are simply a sign of what God is going to do with all of creation. Now, the ancient Israelites had a way of doing this. Of getting right with God themselves. They presented sin offerings or sacrifices to God. And the most important of all was presented once a year on the Day of Atonement. And there's many rituals associated with that day. And that was the only day in the whole year where someone, the high priest, and only the high priest was allowed to enter the Holy of Holies, the very center of the temple. It was the place where the Spirit of God was believed to dwell on earth. God's presence was believed to be really there. So the high priest would go in, and he would sacrifice a bull and a goat. And the bull was for the sin of the high priest and his family. And the goat was for others, but the goat only covered the sanctuary and the tent of meeting, or the outer courts of the sanctuary. The final part of the ritual was to select another goat, which is literally a scapegoat. This goat would go nowhere near the Holy of Holies, not even entering the temple, but remaining in the courtyard outside. The high priest would go out there, would put both his hands on the goat's head and confess the sin of the entire nation over it and would transfer all the sin and guilt of all the people for the whole nation onto the goat. And someone will be selected not to kill the goat as a sacrifice, but instead to lead it into the wilderness and abandon it there. The wilderness was a place of abandonment. It was outside the community, outside the covenant of God with Israel. Their sins were removed from them physically, carried away by this living sacrifice, this sacrifice that gets cut off from them and is therefore also cut off from God, what they could call truly forsaken. Psalm 103 verses one, uh, verse, verse 12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgression from us. That's what they were enacting with this scapegoat. The removal of their sin as far as possible, abandoned in the wilderness. Why is this important? Because this is one of the primary ways that the first followers of Jesus thought about Jesus' death. This is what was going on. He was out there not in the temple. He was outside the city, abandoned. He even cried out from the cross, as recorded in the other gospels, not in John's gospel. He even cried out from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's in the place of being forsaken. He was separated from his community and from God. 
because all sin had been laid upon him. Not just the sin of Israel anymore for that one year, but the sin of the entire world for all time had been laid upon him. He was the living sacrifice of atonement left to die in the wilderness. He took all sin away from us into the desert and then even to the grave. The cross is not easy. It's not simple. It's an instrument of death. It's a symbol of judgment. It's also a sign of grace. See, Jesus didn't die just so we can feel good about ourselves. He died to remove our sin, to cover us with grace. But we need to know that we are in desperate need of forgiveness and of having our relationship with God repaired, having our relationship with God saved. We need to know that we, are, we have that desperate need for without the judgment that the cross brings, we cannot really know the depth of salvation. Without knowing the fullness of our sin, the fullness of God's love for us on the cross is lost. So the cross is painful for us. Good Friday is not a happy day. It's a stark reminder of what we do to God when we sin and what God has also done for us to free us from sin. He loves us from the cross and through the cross. And it is a love that passes our understanding. In this act, we are set free. The judgment against us is revealed, but is also satisfied. We do not stand under judgment any longer because of Christ. We are now covered by his grace.